0: Welcome to Prevention Network's podcast, Community Connections. Today, our episode is the first in a new series called Understanding Addiction. My name is Bethany Riley-White. I'm a prevention educator at Prevention Network, and this is Community Connections. Happy New Year! I hope everyone is entering the new year refreshed and full of hope for the new opportunities that 2023 will bring us. I'm really excited about starting this new series with you guys. We have a few episodes planned covering addiction and its impact on all of our lives. So, let's get into it. What is addiction? What does it mean for you, me, and our loved ones who may struggle with it? Addiction is a neurophysiological disorder characterized by a persistent and intense urge to engage in certain behaviors, one of which is the usage of a drug, despite substantial harm and other negative consequences. Repetitive drug use often alters brain function in ways that perpetuate craving and weakens but does not completely negate self-control. This phenomenon, drugs reshaping brain function, has led to an understanding of addiction as a brain disorder with a complex variety of psychosocial as well as neurobiological and thus involuntary factors that are implicated in addiction's development. Classic signs of addiction include compulsive engagement in rewarding stimuli, preoccupation with substances or behavior, and continued use despite negative consequences. Habits and patterns associated with addiction are typically characterized by immediate gratification, short-term reward, coupled with delayed and damaging effects, such as long-term costs. So what does this mean? Addiction changes the ways our bodies function. Addiction changes the chemical makeup of how we feel rewards, and that ripples into everything in our lives. So, what kind of addictions are there? The ones we're going to cover today are food addiction, gambling, shopping, video games, and substance abuse. A food or eating addiction is any behavioral addiction that is primarily characterized by the compulsive consumption of palatable, like high-fat, and high-sugar food items, which marketably activate the reward system in humans and other animals, despite adverse consequences. Reviews of preclinical studies indicate that long-term, frequent, and excessive consumption of high-fat or sugar foods can produce an addiction. Similarly to addictive drugs, foods in high-fat and sugar trigger the brain's reward pleasure centers, such that the individual may desire the same foods to an increasing degree over time, the signals sent when consuming the foods have the ability to counteract the body's signal for fullness, leading to persistent cravings. Those who show signs of food addiction may develop food tolerances which, in which they eat more, despite the food becoming less satisfactory. Gambling provides a natural reward that is associated with compulsive behavior. There is evidence from functional neuroimaging that gambling activates the reward system, it is known that dopamine is evolved in learning, motivation, as well as the reward system. The exact role of dopamine in gambling addiction has been debated. Research has shown that gambling addictions are linked with comorbidities such as mental health disorders, substance abuse, or even personality disorders. There have been studies that show a high prevalence of alcohol use disorder and drug use disorder in compulsive gamblers. Risk factors for gambling addictions include young age, substance use, antisocial behavior, being male, impulsive personality, and sensation-seeking disorders. Shopping addiction or compulsive buying disorder, CBD, is the excessive urge to shop or spend, potentially leading to unwanted consequences. These consequences can have serious impacts, such as increased consumer debt, negatively affected relationships, increased risk of illegal behavior, and suicide attempts. Shopping addiction occurs worldwide and has shown a 5.8% prevalence in the United States. Similar to other behavioral addictions, a study has found that CBD can be linked to mood disorders, substance use disorders, eating disorders, and other disorders involving a lack of control. Video game addiction is characterized by the World Health Organization as excessive gaming behavior, potentially prioritized over other interests, despite the The negative consequences that may arise for a period of at least 12 months. In May 2019, the World Health Organization introduced gaming disorder in the 11th edition of the International Classification of Diseases. Video game addiction has been shown to be more prevalent in males than females, higher by 2.9 times. It has been suggested that people of younger ages are more prone to become addicted to video games, This may be due to video games being relatively new, hence the higher prevalence in younger groups. People with certain personalities may be more susceptible to gaming addictions, however, there has been conflicting data on that. Risk factors for video game addictions include being male, psychopathology such as ADHD or MDD, and social anxiety. Drug addiction, also known as substance use disorders, is a chronic and relapsing brain disorder that features drug seeking and drug abuse despite their harmful effects. This form of addiction changes the brain circuitry such that the brain's reward system is compromised, causing functional consequences for stress management and self-control. Damage to the functions of the organs involved can persist through a lifetime and cause death if untreated. Substances involved with drug addiction include alcohol, nicotine, marijuana, opioids, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines, and even foods in high fat and sugar content like we talked about earlier. Drug addictions can begin experimentally, like in social contexts, and can arise from the use of prescribed medications or a variety of other measures. Risk factors for drug addiction include aggressive behavior, particularly in childhood, absent lack of parental supervision, lack of peer refusal skills, drug experimentation, availability of drugs, community economic status, mental disorders, usage of drugs in youth, and methods that the drugs are taken. Most of us know someone who struggles with addiction. In fact, a study by the Pew Research Center revealed that 46% of Americans say that they have a family member or a close friend who is or has been addicted to drugs. Given the staggering statistic of alcohol use alone, this should come at no surprise. The Pew Research Center created the survey to see how substance abuse was affecting people of different genders, races, and political affiliations. What they found is that there was no significant statistical difference between them. This is a problem that everyone is acquainted with regardless of their background, which is why the real element to focus on is how nearly half Of the U.S. population, knows someone suffering with addiction, yet addicts continue to feel isolated, alone, and depressed. What this seems to imply is that many people know someone that is suffering, but they don't know what to do about it. So what can we do about it? The problem many face is that they don't know how to help, or, and more dangerously, they don't know when. There is a myth that an addict needs to hit rock bottom before they are able to be helped. But this is the path of least resistance. It's a popular choice, as the Pew Research Survey shows, but it's not beneficial. In Onondaga County in 2021, there were 186 opioid overdose deaths. That's just for opioids. New York State as a whole, 2.3% of all deaths in New York State are the result of a drug overdose. That's well over 3,600 people a year. Considering the number of fatalities from drug overdose, addressing the problem before it becomes more dire is the better option. The next thing, non-addicts, we need to understand that addiction isn't a matter of just simply quitting. From a non-addict's perspective, you can quit drinking whenever you want. But an addict's struggle is different. For an addict, it's not even simply using the substance, but craving it, thinking about when they'll be able to use it next. Even if it was as simple as not drinking, for the addicts, they need to know when and how to stop thinking of drinking, which is equally overwhelming. To say, why can't you just stop drinking, is the equivalent of telling somebody to be happy when they're crying, or be calm when they're furious. Once you understand addiction, bringing up the problem is the next step. This should be planned ahead of time as you don't want to surprise someone by bringing up their addiction when they're high or drunk. Make sure your friend or loved one is sober and bring it up in a private place where there's no immediate access to the substance. One of the best things you can do is talk to them about their goals and if they notice how their addiction is interfering with that. If they want a promotion, ask if they feel if their addiction is affecting their work. If they want to have kids someday, ask if their habit has caused relationships to collapse. If they want to explore other options in life, ask if the habit has stifled their ambition. It often takes a peer review to catch the things that they've overlooked. That said, regardless of how it's phrased, you can expect some pushback. When someone is accused of having a problem, they're bound to become defensive. This, however is a good thing for both parties. People in recovery have a tendency to lash out during withdrawal, and their support group needs to be able to handle it. Which leads us to the next biggest piece of helping a friend with addiction, support. Supporting someone goes beyond saying you'll be there. You actually need to be there. Talking about the addiction is the first step, but there needs to be follow through. If you're not able to help, and find a community that can, and maybe offer to drive them to meeting places. Or you could help them find others to connect with online. Although drinking and drug addiction can lead to addicts feeling isolated and alone, the modern world is full of opportunities for people to connect. Help them connect with people in similar situations. Most of this comes from a great website called Iamsober.com. The website is a great option for anyone looking for resources to become sober or to support someone in sobriety. So what can I offer to add? Today feels kind of heavy. Well, at least to me, so I'm going to take a breath. There is hope out there. Prevention Network, CNY, is Onondaga County's prevention provider for substance abuse and alcoholism. We have so many resources that can help one of them being the Family Support Network. The Family Support Navigators can meet with an entire family in crisis and help them get connected to the right programs for each person. At Prevention Network, we also offer a recovery group called Smart Recovery. Smart Recovery is cognitive-based, meaning we look at the decisions we are making and how to change them. The 12-step programs at AA work for some, but they don't work for everyone. Smart could be a great option. SMART is also secular, meaning that there is no religion involved in the skills that we teach, and it is not addiction-specific. In one group, we have an array of different people struggling with different things. We can all come together and help each other. If you or someone you love would be interested in SMART Recovery, please come try it out. We meet on Mondays at 5.30, Wednesdays at noon, and Fridays at 4.30. Addiction doesn't just affect the addict, it also affects the loved ones as well. We are not naive to that. Smart Recovery also has family and friends program that meets the first and third Mondays of every month at 4 p.m. I hope you can join us. You can find more information on Smart Recovery on our website or any of our social media platforms. Thank you for listening. As always, we want you to connect with us. Visit our website at preventionnetworkcny.org or find us on any of our social media platforms. Share this podcast with your friends and coworkers. Thank you for listening to Prevention Network's podcast, Community Connections.